We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast, and of course, make sure to subscribe if you have not already. Before I jump in today, just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Jacob Westendorf for filling in yesterday, going over some of his draft crushes and some players who would be a great fit with the Green Bay Packers. Jacob crushed the episode, so if you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, please make sure to do that. But more importantly, go out, give Jacob a follow on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf. Uh, always appreciative of him filling in, whether it's I have an emergency come up, whether it's uh, I just don't have the capability on a given day to put out an episode, or whether it's like yesterday, I just wanted to go out and have a bunch of old fashions in Wisconsin. Uh, Jacob is always willing to fill in and I'm super appreciative of him. So again, if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure to do so. If you haven't followed him yet on Twitter, do that as well. Jacob, appreciate you a ton. 
That gets us, though, to our main topic for today. One topic, one topic only. We're going to continue our NFL draft deep dives today, and that is going to be with Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver out of the University of Tennessee. One of my favorite players in this draft. He's just a really fun playmaker that I think are going to enjoy going over today. Certainly some positives, certainly some negatives. He's not going to be a perfect fit for everyone. He's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but in a modern day and age where explosive plays are your friend and you have to keep the defense honest at all times and get players who can take it, you know, 80 yards at any given moment. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt's going to have some value in today's modern NFL. So we'll get into all of that. Let's start with the basics first. And then as usual, I'll go over my individual positives and negatives from reviewing his tape and then kind of go over if he's a fit for Green Bay and if Green Bay would actually select him. So let's start again with the basics. Six foot tall, 176 pound junior out of the University of Tennessee. He's 21 years old now, but he will turn 22 in September uh, just as the season is kicking off. So still relatively young. Um, you're not looking at an overage prospect, prospect by any means, but uh, 22 in September, that's a really sound uh, age where you're getting a, you know, a mature enough player that can probably come in and help you right away, but also still has room to grow developmentally. So that's a good age to be at. A 9.47 RAS score. Now, a real quick aside about RAS scores. I do think they need to do something a little bit different if a player has an incomplete scorecard. There should at minimum be a little bit of an asterisk there because as of right now, now Hyatt did do some of the agility testing at his pro day. Those numbers have not become official as of yet. So we will get his agility scores, but that 9.47 RAS score, which again puts him in the 94th to 95th percentile of all wide receivers who have done testing in NFL draft history, that is incomplete because we don't have agility scores yet for him. However, he was in the 96th percentile for the vertical, the 99th percentile for the broad jump, the 94th percentile for the 40-yard dash with a 4-4-40, 97th percentile for his 10-yard split. However, only the 12th percentile for his weight. So he is very undersized at only 176 pounds, and that is going to be an interesting factor for Green Bay. Usually they do have a threshold there that they prefer. They like their wide receivers in that higher 190 range, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, they've made you know, some exceptions in the past, but even their smaller wide receivers that they've gone with have usually had a bit more bulk to them. So this would be a little bit out of Green Bay's normal, again, wide receiver thresholds when it specifically comes to weight. And again, we just don't know how he's going to test from an agility standpoint yet. It sounds like he did very well at his pro day. So we'll get those numbers eventually. And my guess is he's probably going to come in just fine from an agility standpoint. The big thing is going to be his weight as at least with what Pat, the the Packers generally like to look at for their wide receivers. Statistically, in 2020, he only had 20 catches for 276 yards and two touchdowns. In 2021, basically the same, 21 catches, 226 yards and two touchdowns. So a fairly underwhelming 2020 and 2021, but then broke out in a pretty significant way in 2022. 67 catches, 1,267 yards, and 15 touchdowns. So a huge jump for Hyatt this past season. He clearly got more opportunities. Vilas Jones goes to the draft, and there was just a, a multitude more of opportunities for him, and he took you know, he took that opportunity, made the most of it, and went out and put some serious numbers up. Now, the big game, and if you don't know this already, uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend going and watching his tape against the University of Alabama last year. That game against Alabama, 
he had six catches for 207 yards and five touchdowns, six for 207 with five touchdowns in a 52 to 49 win against the number three ranked Alabama team in the nation at that time. Incredibly exciting game, but six for 207 with five touchdowns. And this was not just like fluky stuff. He put on an absolute show. Just go out, search University of uh, Alabama versus Jalen Hyatt, and it'll show up and the highlights are phenomenal. Jacob Morley posted this out on Twitter just the other day. He said, Alabama's defense gave up only 12 passing touchdowns all season long. Five of those 12 touchdowns belonged to Jalen Hyatt. So that just goes to show you exactly how talented of a wide receiver he is, what his capability is, and what his ceiling is. He just blew past one of the best defenses in all of college football for a six for 207 with five touchdown clip on a day that his team went out and upset Alabama in large part due to his performance. So heck of a performance in that game. And one of the games that really put him on the radar for just exactly, again, what he's capable of doing with the ball in his hands and what kind of special playmaker he can ultimately become at the NFL level. From a PFF standpoint, in 2020, he had a 64.7 grade in 252 snaps. In 2021, he had a 56.9 grade in 321 snaps. And this past year, he had his best grade, a 77.4 grade in 733 snaps. The interesting thing about Hyatt is yeah, a lot of the things that we've talked about with you know Jackson Smith and Jigba just the other day, it's like, well, he's a slot-only wide receiver. He hasn't played a ton of snaps, and like you have to kind of generate some stuff. It, a lot of the stuff is the same for Jalen Hyatt. 699 snaps in the slot at wide receiver, only 84 out wide on passing plays. Like he is a slot receiver. They had to scheme him open in a variety of different ways. Basically one year of production. Like it's a lot of the same exact stuff. And it's interesting. I think, I know some people have noted, you know, the the slot only stuff for Hyatt, but it does feel like it's been much more of a stigma for Jackson Smith and Jigba where it's like, oh, he's just going to be a slot guy. That's it. You don't hear it quite as much from Hyatt. Yet Hyatt had, again, 699 in the slot, 84 out wide only on passing plays in his career so far. So this is a this is a player too that has been a primary slot receiver and the statistics show it and PFF has tracked it that way. So those are the basics, the height, weight, speed, the PFF scores, the stats, etc. Now let's jump right in and get into the actual scouting report of this. What shows up on tape? Let's start with the positives. First and foremost, speed. This is a different kind of speed. Now, you might look at his testing and it was a 4440 flat, which is a really good like we're starting to get a little bit flawed with like some of the scores that get put up and like some, you know, 4240s and low 4340s and those sort of things. A 4440 is still phenomenal. I think a lot of people based on his tape were expecting 43s at worst. So a 44 flat just being real was a little bit disappointing, which seems crazy because it's an incredible score. But for him and what he puts on tape, a 4440 was a bit disappointing at the combine. I don't care. He has special speed. He has different speed. He has 
if you're a DB lined up against him, you are crapping your pants speed. Like you don't know what he's going to do at any given moment. And I've never seen a college wide receiver just eat up cushion the way that he does, like legitimately, where corners are playing back, making sure that they, you know, he can't beat them deep. And it's not like he kind of beats them deep in that scenario. Like he will run right past them and get insane separation acres of space. And it's not like he is, it's not like he's out there and just overexerting himself. He is gliding and it is incredible to watch him just go down the field and work up speed and just go past these high-end athletes and go watch the Alabama tape and you will see it over and over again. Even when you're anticipating it, even when you're playing off, making sure he can't beat you deep, even prepared for him to go past you they still weren't able to do stuff against him. They still weren't able to take him away in the deep game. 15 touchdowns, a huge indicator of that. So this is not just your normal 4-4-40 speed. This was easy speed, deep speed, ridiculous speed. I don't know what adjective you want to put with it, but like I said, defenders had no counter to it. It was really incredible to watch, and I'm very excited to see how it's going to translate on the NFL level. And yes, 4-4, probably not exactly what I think he was probably hoping for. I I don't care. Watch the tape and you will see exactly how he's able to perform with the ball in the air when he's running routes and running right past players. It is really, really fun to watch. And that deep speed sets up intermediate routes. It's basically like they have to play almost so far off him. You have a little bit of a Tyreek Hill factor here. Now, I don't think he has the run after the catch quite like Tyreek does, but it's it's to the point where you have to play so far off of him to make sure that he doesn't beat you deep that so much of that intermediate and short stuff just becomes so much easier because they have to be afraid of his speed. And he's going to show that to corners over and over and over again that he can run by them. So they're going to keep backing off and backing off and playing more safe. And if they have to make a decision, they're going to make sure that they get back deep and then he can cut off his routes and get some of those nice, easy pickups and should be some pitch and catch, which if you're Jordan Love, that is music to your ears. So he easily erases defensive backs and his speed is beyond fun to watch. The thing that that opens up really and a huge positive is that defenses have to account for him. Like in in year one, in year one, if Jalen Hyatt would be in Green Bay, defensive coordinators are going to be aware of where Jalen Hyatt is on the field when he comes in the game. There is going to be a difference and you put him on the field, uh, I don't care where he is in the slot outside and defenses have to be aware of him, that's going to open up things for a Christian Watson. That's going to open up things for Romeo Dobbs and your tight ends and your Joneses and Dillons underneath. It's going to open up things for the run game. It's just going to push those safeties back. And we talked about it for a a few years in Green Bay where MVS, even when his statistics weren't always there, just what he was able to do for the rest of his teammates, because teams had to be a little bit more cognizant when he was on the field and just playing a little bit deeper. Hyatt's going to have that same impact. They are going to know where he is. They're going to make sure he doesn't beat them deep as much as they possibly can. And that is going to open up things for other receivers. So the fact that defensive coordinators already have to start accounting for him on day one when he's in the NFL, that is a massive positive and a massive advantage for Jalen Hyatt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Next up is Hands. He has really good hands. And sometimes with these speed wide receivers, like MVS is another good example, right? And MVS's hands have gotten better over the time, but sometimes you see these speed receivers who are track athletes. Corey Bradford, you remember Corey Bradford, the, the Packers wide receiver? That dude could not catch. He had track speed and like it was just he was such a like just vertical guy with barely any hands and had no nuance to his route running whatsoever. It was just nine route, nine route can I run past you? And then if I run past you, can I actually catch the ball? And more often than not, as a fan, you were just hoping for a pass interference penalty and just be like, all right, we got a big play out of it, even if he didn't catch the ball. Like, this is not that. Hyatt has really good hands, and he also has the ability to track the ball incredibly well. So this is not just your track athlete that's like, you know, trying to be a wide receiver. This is a wide receiver. He tracks the ball well, great hands, can use that deep speed. And he can, while he's tracking the ball in the air, that speed continues. Some some speed receivers as well, or just any receiver in general, as they're running, like you can see them slow down as they're starting to track the ball. He's able to run through that, continue his speed, track the ball, and then use those hands to come up with those big plays. So you see the whole package. You see the ability to not only have that speed, but to mirror or like to match it or to, to kind of see it through with his hands and his tracking ability in the air. And those are three things that are not always present. And again, a lot of these deep ball wide receivers, some have the tracking and some have the speed, but they don't have the hands. Some have the hands and the speed, but they don't have the tracking. To have all three is very, very important. And Hyatt has all three of them. So to not only have that that track-like speed and the ability to blow by defenders, but to pay it off with great tracking ability and hands is really, really beneficial to his game as well. Uh, he's an instant game changer. If the ball is in his hands and it could be on a slant, it could be on a drag, it could be in a variety of different ways, but his speed has the ability to take it to distance at any given moment. And more importantly, even when the ball is not in his hands, he can run right past you and the quarterback has the ability to throw the ball uh, to him and, and clearly make explosive plays out of that as well. Again, go back and watch the Alabama game and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So again, we are in an NFL right now where having playmakers who can do the heavy lifting where you can, you know, get them free down the field and get those explosive pass plays, or you can just get some of those quick intermediate stuff, but the ball's in his hands and he's got enough speed to just kind of run by defenders. Those type of players are so in vogue right now because it just makes offense so much easier for your quarterback. You don't want to have to put together those 15 play 80 yard drives. You want to be able to get chunk plays and Jalen Hyatt's going to help you get those chunk plays. And you we talk about, or at least I talk about, 
if you want to be a really good NFL player, you could just be kind of good at everything, but you usually want some sort of superpower. You want something that's going to set you apart. You want something that is going to make you great. Something that is going to give, again, shivers down the defensive back spine because they don't want to have to try to guard against it because it's that powerful. And with Hyatt, that is his speed. And like I said, there is speed. There's track speed that just doesn't correlate. His speed correlates. It's NFL speed. It is game speed. It is real speed that is going to be beneficial to him in games. So um, it's a legitimate superpower for him. I think it's going to translate over and carry over to the NFL. And I think that's going to make him a really good playmaker at the NFL level. That's usually a great place to start. You can continue to work on the remainder of your game, but if you have that one thing that really truly separates you and puts you apart from other receivers and makes you really difficult for defensive coordinators and DBs to go against, you're going to have something that your offense can continue to go to while you sort of round out the rest of your game as a wide receiver. And last but not least is, and I kind of mentioned this a little bit, but that speed it helps in the run game too. It just pushes those safeties back a little bit more, a little bit more scared. And yes, it's nice to have your Alan Lazards who are good blockers, but with Hyatt, if he's starting to sprint downfield, the, the corner's got to turn and run with him. So there's, and again, now the safeties are maybe playing a little bit back further to not get burnt deep. A player like that can actually help your run game a lot more than you would think, even though he's an undersized guy and he, he blocks okay. Um, considering his frame, he, he gives good effort at it. So it's not like he's a terrible blocker, but just again, the, the awareness that defenses are going to have with him on the field, it's going to actually open up your running game as well. So, uh, and I, I should add one more positive here. He's already a weapon and he's not even a well-rounded wide receiver yet. And we'll go over some of the things that he needs to work on in just a moment, but that's where, that's where the, the ceiling gets scary, right? he is going to be somebody that you can feature in your offense from day one, and he's going to be able to make plays. But what if, as time goes on, he's still only 21 years old right now, as he develops in the NFL, what if all of a sudden he really does become a great route runner? What if his release game at the line of scrimmage continues to get better and better? What if he puts on a little bit of functional strength, but kind of keeps the same speed? Like those things start becoming a lot more scary. And all of a sudden this kind of you know, nice to have speed wide receiver turns into a all around weapon, then you're really, really talking. So I love the fact that he still has growth to go on his frame, growth to go as a wide receiver. He's far, far, far from a finished product. And he's already putting up five touchdown games against the University of Alabama. So there are a lot of positives there for Jalen Hyatt. That said, there's always going to be some negatives too. The first one, he really lacks any nuance in his game or in his route running. And what I mean by that is it is just speed. And to be fair, if you're throwing 105 miles per hour as your fastball, yeah, you need to throw a change up every once in a while, but like, don't get away too much from your 105 mile an hour fastball. <laughs> like that's going to give you, uh, uh, that, that's going to get you the majority of the way. And with Hyatt, I, I want to see though him just develop as a route runner. I want to see him vary speeds a little bit more. Because again, if you kind of slow and, and like that, that's where Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, all those guys are, who are just masters of their craft, the, the little head fakes and the body control and the change of direction and the change of speed and the variance where it like, it's this beautiful mystery of like, what's going to happen next. I don't know where this receiver is going to go. I don't know if he's going to speed up. I don't know if he's going to throttle down. I don't know if he's going left or right. His head's going one way. His body's going the other. His eyes are looking here. He's going there. Like that's the stuff that the best of the best have. Hyatt doesn't have that yet. 
He's just using that superpower over and over and over. And then the NFL, just like a speed rusher, like you have to throw a counter. You got to throw something else at them at some point. And that's where he's going to have to continue to get better. Just at selling his routes and really making, you know, defensive backs into not only afraid of his speed, but afraid of the the change of direction and, and what he can do to sort of fool them, to get them to go one way and then cut back the other and have that acres of space. So he still has to develop with his routes, his nuance in his routes, his changing the speeds, his eyes, his head everything to really make corners even that much more afraid of him than they're probably already going to be due to his devastating speed. Similarly, he has a very limited route tree. The University of Tennessee played a little bit of a crackerjack offense and did a lot of spread concepts and used him in motion and made it so that he would get a ton of free releases and didn't face press coverage and just ran basically a lot of nine routes, a lot of a lot of deep routes, and maybe a short intermediate crosser or slant here and there. But he ultimately was a you know was very protected, and they they utilized him to the best of his ability. They didn't do anything wrong, but he didn't really develop as a wide receiver. We don't know how he's going to fare on the outside. We don't know how he's going to fare against press coverage. And to be clear. There's nothing stopping from any NFL offense or NFL offensive coordinator or play caller to using him in a similar way. Like Tennessee put the blueprint together for you on how to use him. Use him in the same way. Motion him around, get him in the slot, get him free releases, and just let him cook. That's fine. But it really makes it hard to project what he's going to be in the NFL because we just didn't see. Now, that's one of those things where, again, like A.J. Dillon catching the ball just because he didn't do it doesn't mean he couldn't do it. We don't know. He could line up on the outside against press coverage and he could be great. He could be slippery and just run right past them. And now like, all right, well, we can't do that anymore. So it's one of those things that's a projection. It's tough to do because he didn't do much of it. But I, I do think that because he was moved around so much and Tennessee put him in advantageous positions, there's going to be a bit of a learning curve in the NFL. Did a lot of slants and goes and even quick screens. And you know some of those... The, the quick screens didn't go great. I think Ben Fennell noted that he had only one uh, screen pass that went over 20 yards in his career. So it, he's not a guy that you can just throw those quick screens out to and he's going to make a ton of things happen, which again, he's better down the field, ball in the air. That's more of his superpower. But I still think there's, there's, um, there's meat on the bone there. I think he can be better, but that's not necessarily something that he showed off in college all that much. Lack of physicality is going to be an issue. He's not a break tackle guy. He hasn't shown the propensity. Again, it's mostly due to opportunity. He hasn't had the opportunity, but hasn't shown that he can get off of press coverage. He's not the strongest guy in the world. So that is going to be an issue as well. Can he handle the durability and the the, the wear and tear of an NFL with a slider frame? Those are all going to be questions that he has to answer. Contested catches, hasn't had a ton of them. And I guess the thing here is like, how much does contested catches matter if he's constantly just bursting by corners. It's going to matter more in the NFL. And that's something that he's going to have to work on. But we just didn't see much of it in college because when he was open, he was really freaking open. But again, that's one of those projections where we just don't know how he's going to handle against more physical contact in the NFL level, a little bit more holding, grabbing, physicality. We'll see how he responds to that with that lighter frame. And like I said, a little bit of a lack of physicality to his game. I said the scheme really freedom at the University of Tennessee. You're going to have to have a plan for how you use him early in his career. How is he going to hold up durability-wise with the slider frame? And then from an after-the-catch standpoint, you always want something that is going to be able to get him open and make him a little bit more dynamic. 
he just uses his speed right now. So it's not like he's got a bunch of jukes and everything that's going to free him up and get him upfield. He's not going to break tackles due to his slight frame. So right now his run after the catch is limited to him having space and being able to just run by people, which isn't the worst thing in the world. That's something and that's going to help a lot because of that ridiculous speed. But there's not much else there from a run after the catch standpoint. Everything else is going to need a little bit of work. All right. So those are the negatives. How can he fit from a scheme standpoint? Well, first of all, I think he fits well with Watson and Dobbs. And now you would potentially have two playmakers in Watson and uh, Hyatt that you are going to have to keep an eye on at all times. That is going to be problematic for defenses. I think you can use Watson and Dobbs on the outside with Hyatt in the slot. I think you can motion Hyatt around. I do think you can get him up to speed as a outside wide receiver. I don't think it's going to be something that's going to hold him back long term. I do think you will have to scheme him open uh, a little bit more than probably you might have to with a Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs or maybe some of the other wide receivers in this draft. But I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. And I think Matt LaFleur and this offense is more than creative enough to find ways to get him open, get him in space and let Jordan Love get the ball to him deep down the field. And uh, like you just can't have enough playmakers on your offense. So he, he fits there. Green Bay absolutely needs wide receivers. I do question, he, like I said, he's a good effort blocker. He cares about it. He tries. But just with that slight frame, is that something that Green Bay is going to shy away from? Uh, because blocking is so important to Matt LaFleur in this offense. We know those quick screens are important. Hyatt did not excel at those. It doesn't mean that he won't in the NFL, but he didn't excel at them in college. So I do think there are some scheme things that need to be sort of I don't know, buffered out a little bit and figured out. Green Bay will clearly know the answers to that better than we will, but I don't think it's a 100% perfect scheme, but I think he fits enough. And this is just one of those players where they're a big enough playmaker that you're probably willing to overlook a couple other things to get that type of player in your offense. As far as the ceiling goes, I think he's very similar to Deshaun Jackson. Jackson had limitations of what he wasn't, and who cared? Because what he was was freaking awesome. He was a constant playmaker, constant deep threat. Defenses had to be aware of him at all times. I think that is his ceiling. His floor is probably Will Fuller, probably more like the average Will Fuller, probably not peak Will Fuller. Peak Will Fuller was really, really good. But I think just kind of Will Fuller, speed wide receiver, where, you know, maybe he's going to catch 40 passes and maybe, you know, a handful of deep balls with a couple touchdowns. That's probably his floor is just like average Will Fuller. But like I said, I think his ceiling is Deshaun Jackson, maybe even a little bit better than that. Um, but th- that's th- that's a pretty decent ceiling and floor for a wide receiver. And again, that that both Jackson and Fuller, if I know Fuller was a first round pick, I'm pretty sure Jackson was a first round pick too. Like we see those guys with that type of speed and that type of talent go in the first round because of that playmaking ability. What he would bring to Green Bay another playmaker, another weapon, and a very dynamic duo with Christian Watson and Jalen Hyatt, two players that can take it the distance at any given moment. Add that with Aaron Jones in the backfield. You still got a Romeo Dobbs. They're probably going to add a tight end at some point. Now you have the makings of a really fun offense for, for Jordan Love with some really fun playmakers at his disposal. Is there value there at number 15? That's probably a little steep. I think you would love to move down maybe five, six, seven spots if you were going to take him. But if you fell in love with him and you felt like he was your guy, could they take him at 15? Maybe. I don't don't think it's entirely out of the question, but I think ideally you would probably like to move down a little bit or maybe even move up in round from your round two pick, especially if they get one of those round two picks, you know, from the Jets in the Rodgers trade. I think that's something where you could potentially target to get up in later round one and potentially target Hyatt at that point. Would Green Bay do it? There's been a lot of buzz about Jalen Hyatt and Green Bay really liking Jalen Hyatt. 
I tend to think it's a bit of a red herring. I think that they like their bigger, physical, stronger wide receivers, and I think they're going to stick to that formula. This is not a player that we necessarily see them take chances on very often, but if he fell to them in round two, I think they'd be very interested. If they maybe moved up a little bit in round two, I think they'd be interested. If they maybe you know moved down to the end of round one, I think they'd be interested. And I think if the board fell the right way, I think he's definitely in play. I think he's in the conversation. I don't think they're like he's gonna they're they're gonna take him off their board or anything like that. And I do think they would have to be tempting to pair him and Watson and Dobbs together. That would be a very fun trio for Jordan Love. I wouldn't be so excited to watch that trio with Jordan Love, Jones, Dylan in the backfield and some tight end. I'm sure that they'd pick up at some point as well. I think it would be a great, great fit. So I tend to think it's a little bit of a red herring that they're showing this interest. I think they probably like some of the other wide receivers that might just be a little bit more of their normal cup of tea, but I think he's in play. I think it's a possibility and I think he'd be a very fun fit in this Green Bay offense. That's going to do it for Jalen Hyatt. That's going to do it for me today. Let me know your thoughts on Hyatt below and if you think he'd be a fit in Green Bay. I will see you guys right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, Go Pack Go!